Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech Podcast, a roundtable discussion with leading WordPress and tech experts, hosted by Jonathan Denwood. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of This Week in WordPress and Tech by WP Tonic. I am your host, Stephanie Hudson, rep and focus WP, as well as Bertha AI. Would you like to meet the rest of your panel? John Locke, please tell the people who you are. John from Lockdown SEO. Spence. Spence from being controversial in WordPress.org is apparently not acceptable to people in this industry. That's a new oh, website man. I just started Jonathan, this morning. I'm so mad at you for doing from, that. from people who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones.com. <laughs> Got it. You should register that. It's catchy. Sally. Uh, Sally from the pot kettle, calling the kettle black.com. <laughs> Mr. Denwood. Oh, uh, I'm the founder of WP, Tony, the happy captain of this show. Back over to <laughs> you, Stephanie. <laughs> The prime troublemaker of the bunch. And we're regretting guest. that more and more every day with every our episode. special guest, Heather Wild Renzi. Hey, um, Heather Wild Renzi, uh, CTO of The Difference and also Potster. <laughs> Whatever, not nearly. You do it a lot more subtly than these guys. Well done. Can I, can I start the show by saying something very briefly? Because I, mean, I think as a group, we've, hold on, we've been here long can enough. I stop to say. It? I don't Please don't, don't, because I've been sorting out your rubbish. Come on, this, this is not, this is just please. This isn't any specific person. This is a very just special episode of Blossom. Just, We're going to have a if, touching. If you just let me say this, we'll be done with this. Otherwise, it's going to be us tugging of war for All half right, an hour. All right, go ahead, go okay? ahead, go ahead. We've learned that in the past. Okay, before I came to WordPress, I grew up in Chicago. I'm an attorney. I fought lots of fights with lots of people in lots of places. But when I got into tech, my first venture in tech, you can look up my name on TechCrunch, okay? I took on a billionaire and his ex-girlfriend in public. When I came to WordPress, the best thing about it was I thought I had left all of that drama behind because it's a bunch of people that like to build cool stuff for fun. And now we find ourselves 16 years later with people acting like the billionaire and his girlfriend did. Anybody who thinks that I'm going to suddenly stop being me is out of their freaking minds. And I'm an attorney, so I'm very, very sure when I say things, I'm within my legal rights and limits. So I would prefer if people would just address the reasons that I bring things up in a fair and objective way so we can have a healthy discussion instead of these threats and collusion and somebody said this and you can't do this. And this permeates the WordPress community, even to the fact at WordCamp US, do you know that they're like blackballing people if they threaten to have a private party or if they threaten to do this? I mean, we're in 2022, for God's sake. This isn't somebody's little fraternity house. Nobody understands dialectic anymore. Nobody is interested in a conversation. They all want safe spaces and they all want, yeah, I mean, I think they either either want to be cocooned or, I mean, people don't understand that there is something other than in between being completely protected from anything that might upset you and like having a, a, nasty, vile, uh, uh, ad hominem attack. People have completely forgotten that there, that, you know, there used to be such a thing as a healthy debate during which people would disagree (sighs) and perhaps get fairly intense, but not, um, 
uh, actually attack one another and be able to like go out and be friends afterwards, which as an academic was my normal way of life. I, I go back because of my legal background and who I am. I'm a Scorpio and everything else. The Greeks, the Romans, everybody in society, civil society made progress because of healthy public dialogue. I make, I am the guardian on the show of not doing ad hominem attacks. When certain people who host the show would just randomly ad hominem attack, I said, no, you can't do that. But when you bring up an actual factual thing that somebody's doing based upon actual facts and they want to debate it, come on the show and debate it. Publish something in public for us to talk about, but don't make threats in the background. You're going to sue me or sue us. That's just childish, and it's not based on anything that's going to happen. Well, that's and why I got divorced, Spencer. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's why I'm divorced, Spencer. Right. <laughs> exactly. um, Me too. Okay. Right. All right, Spence, do you feel better? Thank you, Stephanie. I appreciate You're your welcome. latitude. Sure thing. Uh, now, let's hear from our sponsors before they quit the show from all of the arguing. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Let's hear a word from our major sponsors. Are you looking for ways to make your content more engaging? Sensei LMS by Automatic is the original WordPress solution for creating and selling online courses. Sensei's new interactive blocks can be added to any WordPress page or post. For example, interactive videos let you pause videos and display quizzes, lead generation forms, surveys, and more. For a 20% off discount for the tribe, just use the code WPTONIC, all one word, when checking out and give Sensei a try today. The importance of backing up your WordPress website cannot be emphasized enough. We use BlogVault to help us do this on a daily basis. With free staging, migrations, and on the pro plans, malware scanning and autofix, BlogVault is the professional's choice when managing just one website or many. Go to blogvault.com and see for yourself. You seriously won't find a better, more complete solution. That's blogvault.com, blogvault.com. Com. And we're back. There are some special offers uh, from our sponsors just for you, Tribe. Go over to wp-tonic.com slash recommendations. Now let's dive into our stories for the week, everybody. We are going first up to the wpminute.com. Is what's good for Gutenberg also good for WordPress? I feel like they missed an opportunity for like what's good for the Goot is good for the Gander or something. I don't know. They could have made that title a little more catchy. But anyway, yeah, that's here we thing. are again, guys. Let's let's talk about catchy. Gutenberg and full site editing. Surprise, surprise. What do you guys think, Sally? What do you think about this? Um, uh, well, you know, I, I noted that this is a question that has come up on the show that, that people uh, here, uh, either regular panelists or guests, have several times said, hey, you know, it'd be kind of nice if they'd fix some of the stuff that's been wrong for years uh, before trying to roll out new uh, features. And so uh, clearly we're not the only ones uh, asking the question. And this is, you know, it takes... A, a, a fairly balanced uh, approach in that it says, yes, there are some good reasons for making Gutenberg a priority, but that doesn't mean that we're, that core does not, the core team does not still need to tackle security, data organization, options, um, and, uh, you know, how to, uh, 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 how to, uh, figure all of that out and uh, 
<clears throat> you know, I wish them luck because I'm not in uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, any position to uh, dictate uh, uh, what they focus on or magically provide people to focus on it. So Gutenberg needs, uh, WP needs Gutenberg, but Gutenberg doesn't need WP. So what does that mean for WordPress? What do you think, John? Yeah, I think that's uh, where Matt's going. It's it's somewhere back um, at the automatic offices, they decided that Gutenberg is going to be the bigger long-term play. And I have a feeling that the goal is to make it portable. I mean, they already have Gutenberg for Drupal. So I'm not sure what Matt's vision is, but I would guess that it's to do with Gutenberg being placed in a, a variety of uh, locations, not just in WordPress itself. But as Eric uh, Karkovec uh, puts here, if Gutenberg fails, uh, WordPress fails because they've gone so all in with uh, the block editor and tied the feature of WordPress intrinsically to it. Uh, that that's kind of what's going on. But yeah, there are all these other, you know, nagging issues that still need uh, fixing in the block editor itself too. It's still, it still is buggy. I have, I have client sites that are using Gutenberg and, and there are bugs that still occur, which are, are rather distressing. Uh, I have client sites that are not using Gutenberg and there are bugs that still yeah. occur. Absolutely true. Uh, Heather, what do you what do you think about this article? I mean, I just I keep thinking about of any application that I've ever created, uh, the tech debt that builds up. And I mean, WordPress has been around for what, like almost 30 years now. And like the amount of technical debt on WordPress core um, that like, I mean, Gutenberg's not, Gutenberg's like 10 years old. Almost, so, almost 20 years. Word. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I mean, like the, the amount of, of tech debt of one versus the other, I mean, eventually they're just gonna, uh, it's the core team is chipping away at Everest and they're, they're never going to be able to, to come to a consensus of like, uh, of being able to, make they're never going to be able to fix core completely they're never going to be able to get all the bugs out to make it compliant with everything and then gutenberg's like oh well i mean we're gonna like this this is gonna like work with everything no it's not because i mean if the base isn't perfect then the house on top is just going to keep sinking so yeah i mean that that's all i gotta say about that <laughs> And also, if we can't get it to work in WordPress, which is what it was completely designed for, like how's it going to work with everything else? Jonathan, what do you reckon? Well, it's a really interesting article because it really highlights what's going on, this Gutenberg project, which has so much possibility and something like it in reality is never finished, but you do have to get it to a certain level and it is struggling. We've got to be real here, but it still offers so much potential. The other things, well, it's the, the thing about security. Well, the, he's right about security, but the things he highlights under that subtitle 
I don't agree because the fundamental problem of security is not the core. The problem is the third-party plugins. They are the security problem. And Automatic ain't going to do anything about this, and WordPress org isn't going to do. So it needs a third party, and I've said this before, it needs somebody that can give a blue tick to select premier plugins, and the plugin to get the blue tick needs to have a security audit of their plugin. So larger companies know that it's reached a certain standard because the fundamental problem of security is not with core now. It's got a reasonably good track record. It is to do with the third-party plug-in structure, Stephanie. That is the fundamental problem. And do you have anything to add? Uh, I just think that <clears throat> I just think that it's definitely become beyond the stage of of a secondary thing. I mean, I'm wondering whether or not we'll stop calling it Gutenberg, but it seems like there's business reasons now why they want to call it a product name, which kind of makes sense. We talked about like it might exist outside of WordPress and other reasons, Tumblr and so forth. But I'm I'm actually quite content. In fact, uh, like I've discussed many times, I've made a lot of progress as of late with something that hopefully I'll be announcing any moment now, any day now, that it's just showing Gutenberg in its bare form as very capable, very capable. Such a tease, Spence. Uh, well, I mean, I could talk the, about it. The, but the, the core idea, blocks have all gotten a lot Maybe I'll better. recommend it today. But the idea is I, as, a, as a test of using Gutenberg without any add-ons as part of a ready-to-go solution, I was able to achieve the goals that I wanted. Now, there's still a few pieces that I'd like to have in that chessboard, but it was remarkable when you start with nothing, you can still actually achieve stuff. So I'm, I'm, you know, Sally, high five on that. But it, it's reached a state where it's usable. Great. Let's move on to our next story, you guys. Uh, we're heading over to NPR.org. This is not a very high-tech story, Jonathan. I know this is just a vendetta piece for you. Well, so it is. A lot of time I, I, on this. But Alex Jones, just one second. Alex Jones concedes that the Sandy Hook attack was 100% real. So, this is, of course, this guy who's been claiming this as a hoax. And then the families of the kids who died and everybody are getting all this grief. And now, surprise, surprise, he's having to eat some words and he's gone to yeah, court. Can so, I, Jonathan, please. Yeah. Well, I just, you know, I fundamentally disagree with your framing now. I think it's all about tech. Um, okay. That's why I included it because it has a Take strong mind, element. Jonathan. It has a strong element of tech. First of all, I've got to tell the audience that I am biased. Alex Jones, I never met the man. He's done me no personal injury. But I've got to be honest to the audience and to the panel, I despise the man. I absolutely despise him. I actually, he's one of the few individuals, if I met him in the road, I'm not sure I could control myself as a man. I would probably confront him if I saw him on the street. And I'm not proud to say that to the panel or to the listeners, but it's the truth. I'm not sure I could control myself. What he's done to these people who have lost everything, and then they have had to, and he's not, 
a maniac. I thought he was just bonkers. He's a sociopath, a cold-blooded sociopath who doesn't even believe in this, but he's done it to enrich himself on the suffering of other people. And what is interesting is how he's utilised tech um, and YouTube and he has built a rave and it just shows you how much money you can make by having a, a comparatively small audience when it comes to the population of America and the world. But when that audience is really rabid and really buys into your sick message, how much money you can make. He, his company, even when he was barred from YouTube, it's been reported and it's in it's online and it's been in the court case. He is making seventy million dollars a year from his poison and from his nonsense. These people will buy anything that have bought into his message. They will buy anything from him, anything, and they are rabid and they are worrying. Because not only are they rabid, they are armed to the teeth with weaponry. And they're up for it. And this country's got a major problem on his hands, and he's one of the major causes of it. That's what I've got to say, Stephanie. That's a lot. Uh, John Locke, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, where this ties into tech is basically he... Um, had a bunch of information on his phone. His lawyers, whether they set him up or they were just incompetent, uh, they ended up sending the defense or the prosecution attorney in this case uh, the entire digital copy for the last two years. So that includes uh, January 6th, the insurrection day, and all that data has been subpoenaed by the January 6th committee. And the judge on this case is not going to block that. Um, yeah, Alex Jones, a vile human being, uh, profiting off the death of children, mocking the parents for their loss. Not a pit in hell that's deep enough for this person. Okay, guys, we're going to move on. We're not going to go all the way around today on this one. Uh, no, next coffee you should. Right, fair enough. Well, we've got six stories today too, so we've got a lot to go, and we had a little. And, and, oh, I, don't have, beginning. and I don't think we have anyone here strongly disagreeing with anything that's already been said. Can, can well, I sure. just add as an anecdote of for course, somebody yeah. who wants to read that I saw yesterday? Because that's how this promise. You can extend the same logic to Fox News and other places who essentially pretend that they're news sources, but they hide under the auspices of info entertainment. Yet yesterday, last night, Dick Cheney, Emperor Palpatine, the one who started all this mess, <laughs> made, made an actual video going after these nutballs, including the Trumpers. So what we're seeing is this really unusual thing like internally, this whole ball of wax, whatever you want to call this right wing thing, they're all going after each other, but they're all basically working under the auspices 
of rules that don't exist in the rest of civilized world. Like, you know, you're to the right, but you're not the right kind of right, and you're the wrong kind of right, and and Emperor Palpatine has to go after Darth Vader, has to go after, you know, it's like it, it's like a, a drama. And it's very fascinating from a societal viewpoint to watch this unfold, where the truth all comes out about the Matt Gateses and the Alex Joneses and the pedophilia this and the while they're all talking about grooming and taking away everybody else's rights. It's like, this is really very interesting. We're watching history in the making because other societies where this happened, it was all buried for generations until people discovered what really went on. We're watching it in real time. Yeah, but Spencer, I like, I like, I like, I thought he was just bonkers. I don't think he's mad at all. I think he knows that this is all rubbish He's just a, a totally committed psychopath. But the money is just, I just didn't realize the money is just pouring in. Were you surprised at the volume of money he no. is generating through this enterprise? No, because look, look at, again, I'm not picking on them. Look at Fox News and everything that happens. It's trillions of dollars being made on things they know are just not factually true. And hurt people. I mean, that's basically how they do it. And there's an entire, listen, the world is not a black and white, good or bad, but that's just historically the way it's been. You can look in all of history and there's always a financial motive or some other kind of like bad human trait motive behind actions that clearly hurt other people because the golden rule is not being applied there. And that's it. Next week, next week in... uh... WordPress and politics. Well, I mean, it applies to the beginning. Whether or not Joe Biden okay. actually had COVID. It applies to the beginning of today's show because I am I am the least like follow me for what I do kind of person. But what I do go by is in our WordPress space, don't be a hypocrite. You can be outspoken and wrong and say you're wrong. You can do stuff that's bad and go, hey, I screwed up. I shouldn't have done that. But don't pretend you're so pious and so awesome, and then do black hat stuff or do other weird stuff in the background. Because that's the same stuff we're talking about here. Alex Jones knew what he was doing was wrong. I'm not making an equivocation with this other person because they're a good father and a good person. But I am saying on a business level, there's just varying degrees of bending the rules in your favor. Don't do it where you say in public you're pious. I am not a pious person. I have so many problems. It's ridiculous. But I don't claim to do but one thing. When I talk to customers and the public, I tell the facts as I see them. And if I'm wrong, I admit I'm wrong. That's all I ask of anybody in this space. And it would be nice that, if politics was the same the way. the media won't let him take it back. So it's the media's fault that he can't apologize. It's the what? He said it's the media's fault. The media won't let me take it back. The media makes <laughs> The media makes money off of drama. I mean, like today I was talking to a friend about doing um, one of those Uh, You cut off all your news. I just removed all the apps. I'm going to take a complete news break because I'm actually feeling it sucking me into the vortex of distraction. And it's it's difficult for everybody. Well, you know, I I posted a a post on LinkedIn last week. And so I had pe- I I had people, um, uh, what? I had people direct message me oh, saying sorry, that my oh, my headline was racist. I was making a racist comment on the individual that I was remarking on. It, the actual headline comes from a famous remark from um, 
Ted Heath, <clears throat> a, a former British Prime Minister. So they tried to twist Does it. Does that, that make was, him automatically not a racist? <laughs> well, he did. He was remarking on the industrialist in the UK that was a notorious wheeler dealer who had very iffy moral standards. Uh, um, so it was all taken out of context, deliberate, far as I'm concerned. Um, but, you know, what I'd be interested in from Heather is, was you surprised, Heather, the amount of money the Alex Jones operation was doing? And a lot of people say that you can't make money out of media. But they must be bonkers, aren't they, Heather? Oh, you get the no, right no, no, rating. No, no. No, I mean, so a lot of the stuff that he's making money on is um, merchandise and advertising. So, I mean, it's not that he's making money on, like, the the shows that he does, which, I mean, obviously he he is. But, I mean, it's it's the advertisers that are paying because he's the number one show in his genre. But, I mean, he sells a lot of merchandise. A right. lot of merchandise. Huh. Yeah, vitamins, energy drinks, like... Uh, he he sold like this this COVID cure. I mean, like he prepper sells, supplies. Yeah, prepper supplies. Like he he sells a lot of things. <clears throat> so like basically, Alex Jones is a is a misinformation silo, and um, like for the people that listen to him, like he anything that he sells, it they will buy. Um, yeah, but the but the vitamin. Uh, what I also wanted to add is that YouTube is also uh, you know Google kind of set kind of wrings their hands but i don't know if you're the same panel but on my youtube if i don't have a youtube ad blocker on it i am bombarded with these adverts peddling vitamin cure for gum disease for heart disease that you can take this vitamin Um, and you won't you'll be able to lose weight without cutting your diet down and not doing any exercise and during the night your blab will will dissolve and they got and it's just nonsense and google google just allows these drifters on their youtube channel and to make money but for God's sake, Google, haven't you, aren't you making enough freaking uh, well, money as I mean, it the is? F- the FDA does tend to have something to say about people who make health claims for their products. Uh, uh, but somebody would have to, like, a, some, a, somebody would have to turn them in, and B, somebody would have to be able to track them down. Yeah, I just, I have YouTube Premium, so I don't see any ads <laughs> on YouTube. I'm I'm with Heather. I I have one browser because Chrome now spits out a new one when I watch YouTube and suddenly an ad comes on. I'm like I'm shocked because I normally just get away from it with YouTube Premium, but it's bad. I mean, it's it's quite bad. It's almost as bad as Facebook in that regard. Yeah. Um. So I mean, just one last thing about it. Like, so I think all of this started back in the um. I mean, early '80s. I remember. I mean, and, and in the 90s, there was this show called Coast to Coast AM. And um, Art Bell. Yeah, Art Bell. And it was, it was this, it was interesting because Art Bell was like a known skeptic. And I mean, he was 100% like, he, he would allow anyone to call. It was an overnight show. You could hear it across the US. And like, he would allow anyone to call. And it was always enjoyable to listen to because you could hear all of these people calling in about like ghosts and UFOs and, like paranormal things and like all these conspiracy theories. And he would just, he would listen to them with like respect. 
but he wouldn't like give them any credence. He would just give them a platform to talk like, so that other people could hear that there were these theories out there that people had. And I think what's happened is like with, um, I mean, and it was like a great show to listen to for like truckers or people on the road at night, like kind of like the sleepless in Seattle thing. But, but now you've got this wide audience that's no longer niche truckers on the road or people just on the road. Like, and, and it's not like somebody respectfully listening to somebody's alternative viewpoint and like asking genuine questions of like, why do you feel this way? It's somebody like adding an emotional, like, this is how it must be. And just spreading the same message over and over, amplifying that in a way that you have to feel it. So, I mean, I think that we've gone from like, respectfully understanding that this is a niche idea to amplifying those crazy conspiracy theories to the masses. Don't you, don't you feel like that's sort of pandemic across like yeah. all topics and channels yeah. at this point? Like you, there's the meme out there that's like, you put a post up like, wow, I really love apples. And someone's like, how dare you? What, why would you single out apples like that? You didn't even mention oranges. What about them? How do you think they feel? You know, like it's this ridiculous exactly. situation that we're in where it's like everything is so intensely emotionally charged and there yeah. really is respectful dialogue, which I will say is one thing about this show that we do argue and, and bash each other a bit, but like it is all done still with respect. Like we could all leave here and go have a, a beer together, like without it being. Yeah. An, but I mean, like Alec, Alex Jones. So the difference between like Maury Povich and Ali Jones, Alex Jones is like Maury Povich, even with all those crazy things, like he always treats or always treated his guests with respect. Like, Whether they were baby daddy or not. Right. No, but everyone on that show, like, and it's funny, like he was actually like the neighbor of like my fiance, like my first fiance, but like, um, like, so I, I mean, he always would treat everyone on that show with respect. Whereas like Alex Jones is like sensationalizing people. So I think it's something, I, I, I see where you're going, Heather, but I think it's worse because you have opinion show. This is an opinion show. We are a panel and we have opinions. They are our opinions. Alex Jones, Fox News, and also other channels on the left, but they tend, it's more about framing with those. When it comes to specifically, to some degree, Fox News, but very much with Alex Jones, he tries to make out that it's a news channel that they are dealing with factual information. And it isn't. At best, it, it is pure fantasy. It's just nonsense based on nothing. If there's ever an opinion... It's more, it's more of a cult of personality. This yeah, is the if, Church if, of Alex Jones, and you will burn if you do not uh, agree with me. Here's the difference between journalism and entertainment. If you feel any opinion creep in or any personality of the reporter, then it is not journalism. Like, it just has to be, like, factual reporting, 100% facts, with no bias, with no opinion. Then there, it is there is journalism. nobody who can write anything without an opinion. However, what you need to do is be very clear. Here's where my biases are. I am attempting to avoid including them, but you should know this up well, front because I'm trying to honestly no, report this. I mean, this. you have to go all the way back to like Walter Cronkite. 
to get like close to what journalism was. Edward Harmurrow. <laughs> you need the anchor man who will just read anything on the prompter. I think the problem is access life. is now to. I mean, Heather's points are really top top notch. I agree with all of that, but I think it's an access issue. There was always a gatekeeper because during the Art Bell era, you didn't. I mean, he was in Pahrumpf, Nevada, with his own two hundred foot tower, but not everybody had a two hundred foot tower or an FCC license. So there was only a few channels through which you can get stuff. And now everybody can be an immediate sensation and they're all fighting for attention from TikTok through Instagram through whatever. And that's the problem because remember when we talked years ago, I keep going back to the neighborhood thing. When you know all your neighbors by name and face, you treat them with more respect and you act as a genuine person. In uh, well, world, usually, uh, unless it's about who's going to... Well, I mean, I mean you know, you get your next door neighbor that's Bob or Karen. But the point is that like most people are now fighting for attention in a world of 8 billion people where everybody has a, a camera and a microphone on them all the time. And it leads to bad, bad results. Yeah. TED Talks are says not dialogue because they are one person ex expressing something uh, cogently. Yeah, what's the <laughs> other inch, just to finish off, Heather, um, um, Stephanie, the other interesting thing through the court case is that when he was thrown off social media platforms like YouTube and that, it has not affected the bottom line at all. Actually, the amount of money generated by his online properties and have has increased. His actual <coughs> rabid audience have, have bought more product from him. That was, I didn't realise, is actually, this is, and obviously um, he feels by going, bankrupting his companies and transferring enormous amounts of money to his personal and his family members' control, he he treats the court and he yeah. treats well, the Blagoj legal system. Well, found that didn't work so well. He's treating the court and the legal system <laughs> with total contempt and he treats the judge, who has been extremely patient with his nonsense, with and his lawyer team and him treat the court and the judge with total contempt. Um, he thinks he's going to walk away with this, and it, it, it's actually going to help him sell even more product and be well, more he's, profitable. Well, he's, he's going to get hit with two perjury charges. Um, and yeah, he did. Uh, he got caught. Like, hey, we're the the prosecuting lawyer saying like, hey, did you? put images of the 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 judge on fire on your show and he's like no and then it's like oh here it is right here and that's not going to go down too good because he's still facing perjury charges this was just a a civil case where the parents were suing he still is going to have to face for that and plus any like thing that's uncovered in the january 6th investigation which he was physically there like with a bullhorn like egging people on so That's it's not over for him. This isn't the end. You know, the, the crack in the dam, if I always use this reference as well, like when the Soviet Union ended, it didn't end gradually. It was one day we're going to die of a nuclear holocaust and the next morning, hey, guess what? It's over. And what's going to happen with these folks is this whole thing is going to have a lot of drama for a very short period of time. It's going to blow up and then they're going to all realize that the grift is over 
and they're going to have to reinvent a new grift because that's exactly what it all is. It's a grift. It's like an investment Ponzi scheme. But once they start all going to jail and doing seven-year sentences and lose all their money, they're going to run like rats when you turn the lights on and they'll move to something else. And it's unfortunate because the consequences are to innocent victims who fall prey to this. Like the library in Michigan where they all closed the library because they were they had books in there that were grooming children. And now they're all complaining because they got no library in their town. And the people running the library were these very nice, normal, oh, maybe alternative LGBTQ people, but like never did anything to anybody. And now it's like, okay, fine, you can have your library. And they got nothing. And that's how things fall apart. And then they go, hey, why don't we have a library? Because you didn't think it through. Things have changed. I'm man. not it's sure not how we got here. Okay. I'm not sure. Time for a break. Time for a break. Okay, it's time. <laughs> this has been an interesting discussion panel. I'm sure the tribe is loving it. It's a little different than what we normally are talking about. But we do have to it's pay some related. bills. We are going to go... It, it is all related, but it's still, it's still a different, this is a different slant on things than we usually talk about, Spencer. So we're going to go well, for you a break. You wanted to hear last week because the show went on for almost two freaking hours. So there we go. Uh, uh, and well, we'd prefer that not to... happen again. Yeah. Are we taking uh, a break, you guys? Because we're going to, we got to take a break. Just everybody sit tight. Don't make me mute y'all. Build next-generation WordPress forms with WS Form, the only fully responsive, no-code form plugin. Choose from over 60 feature-rich field types, conditional logic, repeaters, calculations, and more than 65 integrations to build intuitive, accessible forms. Upgrade your form plugin today at wsform.com. Use coupon code WPTONIC for 20% off any WS Form edition. Hey, it's Spence from LaunchFlows.com. If you've been looking for a fast and easy way to create powerful sales funnels on WordPress, then look no further than LaunchFlows. In just minutes, you can easily create instant registration, upsells, downsells, order bumps, one-click checkouts, one-time offers, custom thank you pages, and best of all, no coding is required. For as little as $50 per year, you can own and control your entire sales funnel machine with LaunchFlows. Get your copy today. Hey, Tribe, are you trying to scale your agency but struggling to find time to work on your business because you're always stuck working in your business? Head over to focuswp.co where you can subscribe to an instant team of white-label geeks and creatives to delegate to. Use code WPTONIC for a special discount just for the Tribe. With FocusWP, you don't have to worry about hiring, firing, or any other HR nightmares. Just submit a ticket and your new team will dive in. Focus on what you love. Outsource the rest. And we're back. All right, guys, wherever you are listening, do us a favor, hit that thumbs up button, subscribe. If you are on YouTube, hit the bell. If you're on Facebook, uh, join our Facebook group so you don't miss out on the notifications there as well. Uh, We've got Clayton in the chat. Did y'all already talk about FSE? You are just in time. Wait, no, I don't think that's this article. Hold on. Yeah, this is the one. Perfect timing, Clayton. Uh, we are going to head over to masterwp.com and read the art, or talk about the article by Brian Cords. Are WordPress hosting companies ready for full site 
editing. Uh, oh, Jonathan, what's the matter? You want to set, you want to start, J- JD? Oh, it's, it just just passed it over to Spencer because he had certain well, things. Last I try week and like to give him for later because he gets just, so just send it to Spencer. Just send it over to Spencer. <laughs> All right, Spence, go ahead. No, the answer is <laughs> Gutenberg. Yes, full site editing. No. And it's really interesting because it's not any nuance anymore. I think most people get it now, but the block editor is competent and has replaced the classic editor for most all purposes. There's still a few legacies like, I don't know why WooCommerce in the product tab still forces classic editor. But full site editing is not anywhere near ready for prime time because it adds a whole layer, another metaphor that's not even fully baked into what was already understood as a metaphor. The metaphor of you have a site with a theme, there's plenty of free regular themes that do awesome, Cadence, Astro, Generate Press, and so forth. Then you have the editor when you go to a page or a post, and there was classic, now there's blocks. And there's lots of goodies in that box. Stop. Right there. Stop. Everything that you add on top of that about false site editing takes people into what are we talking about? What? Which layer? Where? Huh? huh, huh? And it's just destructive to most people's workflow. And it's not necessary because 100% I can stand behind and there's, I'm raising my flag, prove that I'm wrong because I'm going to show you at the end of the show, maybe my demonstration of how I'm solving this. You don't need false site editing for any reason whatsoever to achieve what you can do now with a regular theme, a modern one, and the block. And that's it. Well, you don't need full site editing to, to, to achieve, you know, what you can do with, uh, what you've always been able to do with code in, in terms of creating a theme. But, uh, uh, it, you know, it is uh, uh, much better suited to people who are visual thinkers. I don't know if I agree with you. And it's interesting. I just see that Brian, whoever quoted me in this one, he spelled my name wrong, but that's not unusual, is that um, it, like it's sketch rhymes with catch. It's foreman with an extra E for good measure. Um, <laughs> that I did say this and I tested it, that the, the difference is when you look at remote controls, like I always use this because I have a, a, older parents. Okay, this is a remote control that has like five buttons. It's amazing. It's from an Amazon Alexa right? Those old-fashioned Comcast remotes with 900 buttons. If you hand one of those to an older person, I guarantee they'll figure out the simple one and do stuff with the TV. The other one, they'll just like glaze over. And that's what full-site editing is doing because it doesn't please the developers. It definitely doesn't please the agencies and the freelancers because their clients break the crap out of anything. And it confuses everybody. Where does this fit into the remote control process? It's just too early and too half-baked. That's it. You know, I mean, I don't disagree. It's a cool toy, but it's just not, like we got here on the other stuff, and now here's this, by the way, thing that we're not really sure what it is. So, yeah, the thing I this got, is, These are know, the bigger, these are the bigger issues, but like, what's the deal with like, you can't even have post revisions on WP Engine. Like, is that bonkers? That, Anybody else? Yeah. Well, that's this that. is the. I mean, that seems to be what their point is about. Not like, is the general WordPress user community ready for full site editing? But are hosting right. companies that limit revisions in the interest of keeping their databases tidy, uh, and so yeah, on? But- and it and it seems like you know, I don't know, I, I've. Mm. 
Uh, yeah, but uh, Sandy, you're, you're the fan girl for WP Engine, for God's sake. And they, I, and I like WP Engine. I don't, I come don't off it. You're a bloody total fan girl for them. I like the company in, in a lot of ways that are separate from the hosting. I don't dislike the hosting. I just launched, a, a, you know, a, a, a site on it. Uh, the other day, and I've I've never had cause to be like super unhappy with it. Um, yeah, but, but I just think that, I just think they're overrated. To be truthful, Sally, I'm just well. Think, there know, is only so much that might be better here or better there or better the other place um, in terms of what one can do as a, it, as a hosting Sally. company. But come off I'm it, not claiming that they're the best host on the planet, so don't set me up as a straw man. Got it? Jonathan, <laughs> take the hint, man. That was, that was more than a hint. I was uh, only teasing, Sally. I was only teasing. <laughs> That's just, uh. She's just letting you know you've teased enough. Everybody, back to your corners. Uh, does anybody, uh, Heather? What's your take on this article? I mean, I, I, I'm still stuck again on the post revisions. Like, I mean, right. it, thank you. <laughs> yeah, and and I mean, I, I understand there's there's certain things that, like, which we might have been able to discuss if Jonathan didn't want to put everything off track. <laughs> well, no, but there's a, um, I, but I mean, even with like Elementor and, and certain things like. Uh, when you're uh, doing the CSS and stuff like that, I've got uh, my team members will be like, oh, I've just worked on on certain things and I've saved it. And then they look in the revisions and and all of their changes to the CSS, none of that is saved. And they're trying to revert back to what they've changed. So, I mean, only the post revisions are saved and there's no other. Uh, so, I mean, I understand why with full page editing, uh, they've turned this off and why WP Engine in general. So it, it goes back to like, what are... In the CMS, like what do you save and where does it get saved and how do you revert it and all of that? So there's, it's it's a whole. I mean, it goes back to the tech debt. Like, what are what are you going to put on that that bug? List? It's managed. They managed to take away something that you really need oh to God. use at Dub Manage WP. It's funny because I really want to love WP. them because I love everybody on their team, like literally. But when they do, are you talking about like manage that, WP? Like, are you mean sorry, WP, uh, engine? It, it, WP engine? WP engine. I don't know why I said manage WP. But the point is, I want to love what they're doing with it. But the thing is, when they reach into your pocket and take out your wallet and remove your credit card and go, yeah, we'll we'll keep this for a while. Like you're with them because you're not wanting to have to deal with these surprises and yet revisions. Like they might as well remove the save button or the publish button and tell you, you know, you can only do that on Tuesdays between 10 and 11 in the morning or something. Because that's the well, whole and yeah, well, Are we getting away from the point of what these websites are for? Like WordPress started as a blogging platform. Yeah, but he like does that much is, isn't that he, at the, he, the fundamental, isn't that the fundamental thing we're doing? And who here has tried to edit posts in another thing? And then if you put any formatting at all, links... H tags, and you paste it in. Hey, may I, Jonathan? When you paste it all in, then you've got all the extra crap that comes from whatever other thing you've got in there that WordPress interprets. Or you just WordPress used to do that. Trust me, they they used to like preserve all the crap. It still does if you paste it in there, and it's like so you have to paste it clean. Then you have to go back and reformat everything. Like it just makes sense. 
I want to get back to WP, Tony, and then get um, Sally going again. Uh, um, so, uh, basically, no, but basically, it's linked to last week because I had a bit of a Barney with Spencer about hosting, and I agreed with 95% of what Spencer was saying. It was just the last 5% because they, what last week's discussion is that hosting costs have dramatically dropped. So, Spencer, you are right in most of what you were saying, but they still have got costs, but they have dramatically reduced. For WP Engine, for for cost savings to do this is being that bandwidth. It's not doing the revision thing out of cost savings. Uh, I mean, you know, generally what I've heard about revisions is you should limit them so that you've got like, you know, you save three or six or something like that because I have absolutely been on sites, you know, where like half of their database at least was just revisions, you know, because endlessly and they had never been cleaned out and it's, it's a ridiculous amount of clutter. I, you know, uh, my choice wouldn't be to say no revisions, but a lot of the time what's happening with the revisions is that as um, uh, 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 Heather mentions, you know, sometimes what you think is getting saved in the revision isn't actually getting saved in the revision. Uh, and it's just like going through this continual save, 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 save process that makes it sluggish on the uh, uh, editor uh, side. Uh, it, so, you know, post revisions never worked as well as they were intended to. And it's not like they've been in WordPress since the dawn of time either. It's just unfortunate because you have mixed messaging. WordPress and Matt saying, it's the best blogging editing platform around. Gutenberg is the new editing experience. Everybody should edit it in it. And then the arguably one of the top three hosting companies coming in and say, we disagree. We're going to manage <laughs> you by taking away the primary revision capability of your editors so that you should go work in Google Docs and then try to copy, by the way, just try to copy a Google Doc directly into WordPress editor and see what it spits out. So that's what like, I just said, but Jonathan didn't want to let me say it for some reason. Yeah, we all get along. I mean, because this is just so ridiculous at so many levels. WP Engine is wrong because managed hosting shouldn't mean breaking your shit without telling you. <laughs> Sally, I agree. There should be like, you're allowed 10 revisions and then we remove the rest. But this rest of this is part of this hypocrisy. Everybody with their walled gardens and their proprietary stacks and this and that and this. Can't we just agree to get back to when we all wrote on a pad of paper and a pencil here on the internet? And we'll just start using Macromedia Flash again. At least we all agreed that that worked. Uh, nope. Uh, no, Flash never worked. Not ever. Dreamweaver. Um, <laughs> hey, guys, let's move on to one. We only got to go to one more story. And this one is. Oh, a no, we're doing all six. We're going to go on at least an hour and a half. Nope. 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 Gizmodo.com. 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 Rights groups demand DOE take a stand on invasive student surveillance software. So we've got 
schools that are monitoring the kids and they're taking advantage and they're making the kids feel unsafe to speak up and there's all kind of other issues. Um, hey, Greg knows my, I use the legal pads, that's right. John Locke, I feel like you've got some thoughts on this article. Yeah, um, anytime there is some sort of surveillance or um, monitoring like this, well, I mean, here's the case, like remote learning, okay? Uh, remote classrooms. There is a case where um, a black student was basically, they, they didn't turn their like camera on, their Zoom camera on or whatever, and the teachers uh, saying that they didn't attend. You know, things like this. Anytime that there's this type of uh, surveillance and enforcement, who it hurts is marginalized groups. Um, and you know, there, there's better ways to do this. And I, I don't understand, like, why, um, yeah, like the stat here says that 44% of teachers surveyed said student monitoring activity has led to students being contacted by law enforcement. And who do you think that is? You think that's Flopsy and Mopsy, uh, Johnny and Jenny from the, the white suburbs? No, that's, that's, uh, you know, you're, you're Mopsy black and, and <laughs> that's your black and brown students. That's your LGBT students. The ones that are already discriminated against the, the ones that are already harassed by the, the, the cops that are in the schools. So, yeah, I mean, it's, we got to figure out ways to uh, go out of the way above and beyond to protect these marginalized peoples and not, um, discriminate because everything it has to do with technology um, it, it seems to exacerbate uh, these systems that are that are already in place. Greg has a comment here like, okay, fine line to walk. Active cams are a good thing if it may prevent another Columbine, but that's not really what we're talking about. We're not talking about cams in the schools, are we? Isn't this about like home learning? Did I misread that? Well, kind of, that's why. Apparently, it's about software on the students' um, school-provided computers. Right, but in the, like, at school? Because why do we need, isn't there a teacher in the classroom? Why do we need a camera to show if the kid is sitting at his desk? Like, that's silly. I thought this was just about things that are at home and monitoring I think the, um, the, the article is leaving out a lot about what these monitoring programs are actually doing. So, um, can I explain some of what it's, Uh, you seem like the person who knows the most about it. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, okay. So in, so for work things, like, I mean, one of the things that most people might understand, like if you're, if you're in a work situation, um, and you're doing tracking, uh, what we might do uh, for an employee is uh, have a screen capture software that every like X seconds will capture your screen to make sure and like take a picture of you um, to make sure that you're actually there and also make sure that you're moving your mouse during the hours that you're supposed to be working. So that's one type of monitoring software that um, that people may be familiar with. However, the school surveillance software is a little bit different um, because we're like the, the schools that are using these are, um, are, are ones that have provided the, the equipment to the students in general, they've installed tracking software um, on the entire machine. So that's, it's in their emails, 
It's in um, all the applications. It's in the cameras. It's in the microphones. It's it's like living on these machines that have been provided to the students by the the schools. So um, like whether they're in a school situation, like whether it's during school time or not, uh, these these machines are now surveillance devices that have been put into the home. Um, and uh, one of the things that uh, the, this software does is it searches through the students' emails um, that are on the machines. Uh, it, it searches through their text messages. It searches through their social media profiles for signs of suicidal ideation, for signs of potential bullying, for signs of um, also like it searches through their private chats and things like that. And the reason why people are um, like why more uh, disadvantaged kids, why uh, more uh, persons of color are being uh, targeted for arrests and things like that is because they are the, the ones that are more prone to bullying. So uh, they're, they're the ones that are more prone to being um, like to, to potential suicide, to more potential uh, violent crimes. So um so this software is is saying, I mean, it's kind of like minority report. It's saying, like, we think that this person might potentially be about to be doing this thing. Here's the proof that we see from this computer. Here's the the stuff that we're hearing in their house. And it's not even just necessarily arresting or or sending somebody to, for about the student. It could be hearing something in the house from like a family member and sending the police to their house because they they've willingly allowed and not even willingly allowed. They have to allow because it's required by law until you're 16 to go to school. And if it's a requirement of the school that you have this device, then you're forced by law to have this device in your house. So that's what's going on. And what is your personal opinion on this? Um, Not a journalistic description as you just gave us. Yeah, I mean, the... I mean, at work, depending on the job, I mean, I have used tracking software for employees and um, I understand for the top 80% of students, um, they're, they're not affected by this. You know, they're, they're going to be like, they're not doing anything wrong. They're, they're on the track for college. They're, they're doing well. I mean, so the thing is, for the ones because you you ain't gonna hear any kind of um, domestic violence in the homes of top students, really. Well, no, no, no. I mean, like, so domestic. I mean, like, I think that if it can protect a child from domestic violence, then I think that is a potentially a good thing. Um, and but I also think that if if a child is is potentially calling out for help and nobody's hearing them. I think that's a good thing. I think the fact that we're seeing it disproportionately among people of color um, is only because that is a failure of our society to help these people. So that's just, I mean, it's turning us into a surveillance state, but like other countries already are. And I think that's where we're we're coming up against it. So it's an unpopular opinion, but I can see. Yeah, well, this other sur- other countries are dictatorships, but that doesn't. I, mean well, I can see there. the surveillance tech when you see like some of these states that are passing like "Don't Say Gay" bills and anti-trans, anti-LGBT. This is going to be used to target, uh, mm-hmm. you know, s- students who. 
they can't do anything about the way that they were born and they're, they're going to be targeted and discriminated against and have repercussions. It could be used to target um, maybe well, teens that are, that are seeking an abortion, you know, or, or Yeah, whatever. I think you're making a good point there, John, but this is the whole point of tech. It's trying to utilize tech to solve a fundamental problem that it can't solve. And the only reason to have these is like what Craig has pointed out, and it's linked to the Alex Jones and story in some way. My in my brain, it is. Uh, um, Sally would disagree. Great, let's go back there. Uh, um, is that you know these mass killings? You know, it's saying, well, you we've got to do this because we've got to keep eye on the students. So. We, we can use technology to avoid something like Sandy Hook or the endless other school massacres that this country puts up with, right? Which is bonkers. Totally well, up. yes, many uh, of which apparently get like posted about very publicly. Uh, yeah, so all this is going to do for school shootings is have recordings of it happening, and it's just going to be more terror in the media. Like, but I don't see they, my thing. That, the thing that really struck me in this article is thinking about like the one it was a small comment about it, but like the amount of money that's being spent on monitoring. Meanwhile, we've got classrooms with underpaid teachers, not enough teachers per student. We've got not enough supplies. I mean, I, like if you go on any social media platform right now in August, you've got teachers pleading and putting up lists for Amazon purchases because they don't have enough supplies to actually teach. What are we like? What is the point of keeping a kid in their chair if we don't have the stuff to actually teach them properly in the first place? Like, to me, I feel like this is a misappropriation and a flipping of actual priorities when it comes to serving these kids. Well, one of the things that uh, they're hopefully being able to do with AI here is that, um, I mean, one of the things that teachers used to be able to do because they had smaller classes and, and more time to spend with the students is to, to spend end time to figure out like Johnny's parents are beating him um, or mm. uh, like, like Chrissy doesn't have enough food or whatever, but what if, about Flopsy and Mopsy? Yeah. <laughs> but if, if AI uh, can figure that out because of like the, the track, the tech that's on there and then report it up um, to an, a social worker instead and, and take that burden off of the teacher then um, it can be an aid. The problem is if it's being somebody, used, somebody have, going to have to pay the social workers. I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah. I mean, but I mean, it, again, this like if, if the follow up doesn't get funded, uh, uh, if we can, like, if we can use AI for good here and and help the children uh, and get them away from bad situations, then I mean, um, this I think this is an early attempt to help rather than harm. I, I still need to run into all I, the moral issues with everything. I think, I think it could have been, you know, but there's, this is going to be what we run into with AI across the board. Almost, well, I think there's the a, I think there's, behind everything that we're going to give AI I, power to do. I, I think there's a lot of stuff where it was created with the intent, intent to do good. Uh, and, and the people who created it never spent any time thinking about, how it might be doing some, you know, how it might be used to do something else. And anything humans invent can be used for evil. 
but absolutely but true. Most of, a lot of the people who are designing, you know, AI and tech in general, they're uh, a homogenous group. And again, that's why, you know, these teams that are that are developing technology and AI need to have uh, a, a more robust and diverse group of individuals working on this and, and having decision making capabilities. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, I mean, it could help like, you know, the the kid who's um, maybe the kid who's in it in the white suburb, you know, if my uh, dad's beating mom or something like that, they get help from the the uh, police. But if that's happening in uh, a, a black home or or a Hispanic home, maybe the cops come and and uh, the outcome isn't the same as if it's in a different neighborhood. So that's that's you know it it it, it cuts both ways. Things can work for good, but in practice, they often end up only doing good in certain cases. And then in other cases, because of human bias, it ends up going the other direction. And, and that's the big complaint about a lot of these things. So the problem with another great comment from always from producer, right. From, from Greg here, find out what the CEO of the company stands for. And you'll see what direction the programming in the AI swings. It all starts with an ideology and how they want to extort or expand it. I think that is a very eloquently said uh, comment, Greg, and a perfect note to wrap up this story. We are at the top of the hour just about already. So why don't we move on, guys, to our recommendations for the week. Jonathan Denwood, what's yours? Um, I, um, I like to plug um, simply schedule appointments. If you're looking for a good um, calendar scheduling solution for your clients or for yourself, they're a small plug-in um, company. I know, I know the founders. They do a great product. They've been on the podcast for an interview. I have to ask them back. And I, I thought I'd just give them some love because um, they produce a really quality product and they're independent. So um, have a look at what they've got to offer and give them some love. Sounds great. John, what do you got? So uh, if you use stock music, um, there's a, a creator out there called Crank Lucas who actually has a hilarious YouTube channel where he highlights these beats that he creates uh, using like little skits. Um, anyway, check out his uh, site where he sells these beats. It's on cranklucas.infinity.airbit.com, but also check out the YouTube channel. It's it's incredible. Uh, okay, Sally. Sure. Uh, this is a recommendation I heard in the ladies of WP uh, Slack group. And uh, don't be fooled, none of us are ladies. Um, uh, 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 but uh, uh, if you are a developer seeking a job and uh, you don't want to have your time wasted with one of those stupid uh, please whiteboard fizz buzz for me. Um, there is a site called They Whiteboarded Me, and they keep a very long list of companies that do not whiteboard uh, 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 while uh, they're interviewing you. So I have put the link into the chat and also into Slack. I don't know anything what that means, but I'm going to check it out. 
I've never been whiteboarded. I didn't know that was a bad thing. Spence, what's well, your Well, unless your job is going to involve solving made-up um, uh, programming problems in front of somebody live, then it's a really stupid thing to include in an interview. <laughs> sure, yeah. Spence, what's your rec? Sally, you were waterboarded at work? <laughs> That's what I wonder. That's what I was like at first. I was like, but it's like racist. Oh, whiteboard. she was whiteboarded. Whiteboard. So racist. So what's your rec? This is my soft announcement because I have to hard stop out of here. I have a lunch appointment, but I've been talking for a year and we've all been complaining about the problems of WordPress, problems of Gutenberg, the problem of how hard and confusing things are with Frankenstein monsters and shiny balls and everything else. And I decided instead of me continuing to complain about it, I'm going to take a different approach. So over the last year, especially the last six months, I've been working together with a bunch of people and on my own to demonstrate WordPress as it was, as it used to be, using the modern stuff. Remember the famous five-minute install. Remember how you used to be able to actually have a solution immediately. Remember how people cooperated and the free plugins actually did stuff, not just acting as a builder. I, I remember that the famous five-minute install never took five minutes. That's what yeah. I remember. Mm. So what I'm introducing is essentially a framework that's fully free. It has a secret sauce of the plugin, but it also has these free demo sites, which I'm working in collaboration with other people like Vika Singh over at InstaWP. It's the starting point. It's the Lego base kit upon which you can see if you're a user, a freelancer, an agency, a hosting company, you start with that and everybody can have a common discussion about, well, that's awesome because it does the most important stuff you need, but I can add anything on top of it for my page builder, my particular. And I'm being upfront as well. I'm using it as a platform for me to feature my clients and other software authors, hosting companies who want to use my capabilities to demonstrate how their product or service actually works on top of the base kit. So think of it like a Lego, right? Like here's the base Lego kit. Now here's a cool new thing. Spence is going to show you how that thing could be added on, but it's all free. And if you want to add your own stuff, you add your own stuff. But at the free level, it does everything you need for a fully functional site. And the demo sites are there. It's called launch kit. There's a plugin in the repository that leads to the free demo sites. I ask you to sign up for the newsletter because when I'm using the newsletter for is a way to teach everybody for free, like in the old days, how to do everything that I did, including the launch kit plugin. And what I'm going What's to be the doing with launch kit. So if you, I gave the link in the repository, search for the plugin launch kit, or you go to wplaunchify.com. Uh, click the button or slash newsletter. But the point is, go to the repository, type launch kit. There's a YouTube video. What I'm going to be doing from here on out is what I did in 15, 16 years ago. I'm going to show everybody how you could take the launch kit for free and you're a freelancer who has no business. No, You could find a customer with one pain point, use the launch kit and immediately have that customer up and running. Make a couple hundred bucks for yourself that afternoon. If you're an agency or a hosting company, you can show immediately what your stuff does in a common place. And the thing I talked about today is important. Absolutely, you should use your featured premium plugins and so forth. And I'll be talking about them. But what I'm talking about is if you start with the base Gutenberg, 
There's not a single premium plugin in there right now. And it works. And that's the point. So you can start with that and anything you add on top of it is gravy. But you don't have to go down the path of like, look, I'm inside of so-and-so's vertical and I'm inside of so-and-so's verticals. And there's no phoning home and there's no sales pitch inside of it other than there's one thing you can do. If you like the demos and you don't want to have to build it all yourself, you can keep the demo. You can keep it for yourself for a year, unlimited use, which gives you all the updates because every month I'm going to feature in the newsletter different people who want their plugins and their services in there, but I'm going to give you a value for that that's over and above. And that's it. So that was my big like, reveal. It's very soft reveal, but today was the first time that the public knows about it. I'm excited because that's how I got here outside of WordPress and in WordPress. And I'm really, quite frankly, excited and dismayed at the same time. I'm dismayed at people like the person we were talking about earlier acting like so small-minded to think that we don't all see what kind of behavior leads to better results for WordPress. The better results come when we all are sharing and doing things together for free and not playing games trying to take advantage of each other. And this is what I'm doing about it. Huge value, I think, and I hope everybody joins me because there's no, there's nothing else to I'm not asking for money up front. I'm not asking for anything other than join me so we can move forward with WordPress into the next generation. Dun, 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 dun. Well, I got to say, I'm very disappointed that I had you go before my recommendation because mine seems real dumb now. <laughs> Sorry. I just have a app. No, I'm just kidding. That's amazing, Spence. Thanks for what you're doing for the industry. Uh, we love you. I have just a little um, app that I want to share with everybody. It's one that you could have used while we have this link up on the screen. As a matter of fact, it's called Text Sniper. It's a Mac app only. Sorry, Sally. But uh, it does. Uh, it's just a little OCR uh, utility that you just do a um, keyboard shortcut. You grab any text and it copies it straight to your clipboard. I use it. Every single day. It's super handy, especially when you're watching a webinar or something like that, and they put something up you want to remember, just grab the text, pop it in someplace else. That's mine. And now to our, our special guest for the week, Heather. I, I see, I already see your link. You got a fun one. Yeah. So um one of the things that I know a lot of my clients uh really hate doing is coming up with content. And um they, I mean, especially when I'm asking them to come up with images and things like that. So uh uh, thankfully, AI has a solution for that. Um, so uh, if you can come up with uh, like a description of what you're looking for, uh, I have two sites uh, and more are out there, but these are some fun ones uh, that you can use to uh, describe the image that you want and it will generate it for you. Um, one is called Playform and another is called Hotpot. Um, and uh, you and the links will be there. Uh, but you can, uh, yeah, I mean, if you describe like you want uh, a dog wearing a spacesuit, uh, <laughs> walking around on Mars uh, with like the Earth in the background, uh, then it will generate that for you uh, in the style of Van Gogh. <laughs> like, I mean, however you describe it, uh, like you will get something like for for fun. Like uh, we, we were just, uh, my team was describing like, okay, well, we want like a Basquiat. Uh, that has like unicorns and dragons uh, like in a fountain 
throw like a fountain with flowers in the background and like it created like a Basquiat with unicorns and dragons like with flower I mean so basically I'll like, just be what, over here googling Basquiat oh yeah so ba- basically like if you just like whatever you type it will show up and um I mean and part of the fun is watching it generate uh a long way so I mean like you could end up with like a th- like a three-eyed fish uh along the way but um like eventually you'll get i mean with i mean eventually i mean like within 30 seconds you will get the thing that you are looking for and uh it is it is super fun it is so fun to play with these image generators that are all popping up everywhere i love them like dolly and all that uh all right everybody thanks so much we lost sally but I'm sure she was happy to be here. Thanks, everybody. We will see you next week. And one of these days, we'll get the show back down under one hour. You're the best. Never going to happen. Leave a review and hit a like. I'm going to keep trying, though. I'm going to keep trying. All right. See you guys. Okay. See you next week. Got to bounce. See you next week. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Why not visit the Mastermind WordPress membership group on Facebook? And if you want to keep up with all the latest news on the podcast, visit wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.